Oh wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. I am your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, you can listen to this show wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube at the Trophy Room Show. And if you like what you hear, please consider dropping us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts or plop us a follow on Spotify, or if you really, really like us, you can toss us a buck our way over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. So with all that said, and with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson, how are you, sir? Pretty great. Yeah. Little, little uh, sweaty today on the first day of, like, fall, technically, of autumn. Yeah. I don't know why... They gave us a little tease of like cooler weather, and now like I'm very, it's very humid and I'm very sticky right yeah. now. I don't know why. And uh, we need to let the audience know the the Jiminy Cricket wars are still raging, <laughs> raging hard, and they are also now here in my house. These <laughs> these ones won't shut up. They're like protesting outside my house. They're like, let us in the show, and I'm like, stop it. No, knock it off. They're, they're trying to say how much of a value Game Pass is. <laughs> exactly. I think that's why we've come to decision. They are X-Bots in Cricket Farm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And some of them are like, you know, like angry PlayStation fans that like PlayStation games are coming to PC, and they're just, yeah. they're here to voice their concerns. A, a few select of them are just yelling sore for Smash, but we don't worry about them. <laughs> we don't <know. laughs> We let them tend to the glue. That's what they do. <laughs> Uh, with that said, uh, our special guest, Miles Dompierre from Windows Central. How are you doing, buddy? I am fantastic. Stoked to be on with you dudes. I know I'm traditionally known as what you would call an X-Bot, an Xbox guy yeah. on the, uh, the old social media. So it's it's nice for you to break out a little bit and be on a PlayStation-focused show. Yeah, man. I And the reason why I wanted you on so bad is actually how much I love your work and the team over at Windows Central because y'all do such a great job at... Yes, being fans of the Microsoft ecosystem, which also leads to Xbox, but also being critical and thoughtful around the ecosystem. You know, you're not just fans of it. You guys actually have some critical thoughts. And when Microsoft or Xbox messes up, you're often there leading the charge and saying, no, this this isn't right. So that's why I, I wanted to have you on, because I feel like for us, that's the same energy that we try to keep here on the trophy room as well. There's just not enough of us out there. So I'm really happy to have you on the show, Miles. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. It's important, obviously, to champion what you love, but also for for the most hardcore fans and the people m most invested in a platform, you got to call it out. Yeah. I know people don't love when I complain about Halo Infinite, but it has to be done. I do it because I care, That's all right? right? That's right. And uh, uh, honest to goodness, like the whole Halo conversation that you had with friend of me, Luke, uh, Luke Lore of the, of the show, of, of the XEP show, whatever they call that, um, was fantastic. I really love that critical thought. And it's why we try to bring as many outside voices, not just PlayStation voices on the show, because it just always leads to better conversation. So thank you so much for coming on, Miles. Absolutely. Again, really appreciate the invite. Yeah. And with that said, gang, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about Arkina 
Bridge of Spirits thoughts and reviews. We're going to be talking about how Quantic Dream may or may not be working on a new Star Wars IP and the Activision lawsuit goes federal and so much more. But before we get into it, just a little housekeeping for us. Um, we had a Kena Bridge of Spirits giveaway. Uh, the winner of that is Nate the Great. So Nate, go at me on Twitter. I dare you and I'll give you a digital PSN code. So come on down. You won. Congratulations. And thank you, everybody, for dropping us a five-star review over at the Trophy Room on Apple Podcasts. We are 13 away from 200 reviews, and we are over 250 reviews worldwide. We could not do any of that without your help and your generosity as well with your time is fantastic so thank you all so very much we're so grateful for that and that said before we get into squaring up the news i want to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash ps trophy room i want to thank our platinum producers todd burowitz and too soon i want to thank our gold members uh brad Prent snell and i'm sorry if i mispronounced your name all right i butchered it i am so brad Punch me twice in the mouth, once in the throat. My apologies. Gavin Gottfried, Jose Jimenez, Jedi Master Ren, Metal Kirby, and Robbie Bobby Miller himself. Our Silver Plus members, Hide Indoors, Nagachaka, Marcus O'Neill, oh, it's just Ray, JB the Purple Monkey, Jadis Von Middle, Tim Ulf, Justin Rodriguez, Awesome Dave, Cypher Primus, Captain Logan, Tom Roper, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, Thank you all so much for keeping this show going with your generosity. That's the reason why we look so good. We sound so great is because of your generosity over at patreon.com slash P S trophy room. Now, Kyle, whew, that's a lot of housekeeping. For one a lot time. of housekeeping. It's time to square up the news though. I think first bit of news that needs to be squared up is from Zarmina Khan over at P S lifestyle. Sony Pictures CEO thinks traditional TV film medium has peaked and games are the new growth area. Sony Pictures chairman and CEO Tony Vincicara has said that he believes the traditional medium of film and television has, quote, peaked, unquote, and that Sony's video game business is the new growth area. Vinci Cara, excuse me, made his remarks during the Bank of America Merrill Lynch Media Communications and Entertainment Conference this month, transcribed by Video Games Chronicle, where he was asked if he anticipated any further consolidation in the movie industry. According to Vinci Cara, we'll see more mergers and acquisitions on the video game side going forward. Quote, I think the traditional medium of television and film has probably peaked and the new growth area will be the game's business. And who's better positioned than Sony for that business? I do think you'll see more. You'll see some consolidation on that side. You'll probably see a little more on our side as well. I do think there are probably too many film studios, and you might see one or two less over the next five to ten years. But I think the next area of consolidation will be the games business. End quote. Sony has repeatedly expressed its desire to bring both entertainment mediums together, and is actively involved in turning a, turning some of its beloved first-party franchises into movies and television shows, including The Last of Us, Twisted Metal, Ghost of Tsushima, and Uncharted. Man, all right. So, Miles, you bring that banger talk into my show. I bring you. I equal that out with acquisition <laughs> season. All right, yes, it's upon us. <laughs> Apparently. I want to know what your thoughts are, Miles. I'll go straight to you as someone who covers Microsoft, who covers Xbox, who's seen them gobble up studios and publishers and looking into the next five to, let's say, 10 years, we are seeing a pattern of 
publishers, both large and small, gobbling up these small studios. What are you, what are your kind of thinking of the consolidation of the video game industry? Do you see this as like a as a positive thing, or do you see this as something that's going to stifle creativity? It really depends on the uh, the overall approach. I think it's no secret that both PlayStation and Xbox are looking to expand their in house teams. They want to draw people into the platform, regardless of what that takes. And to do that, as we've seen with HBO, Paramount Plus, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Apple. Everyone in the world right now is fighting so hard over exclusives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as someone in the PlayStation camp and, you know, myself being someone in the Xbox camp, people love to talk about exclusives. So what's the best way to guarantee that your games will be an exclusive? You buy that team. It doesn't matter if that team wants to make multi-platforms because you own that team. And that means you're going to have more exclusives, which in turn is going to bring more people into your service. So... Mm -hmm. The conversation about whether or not it's good or bad is it's kind of to be determined right now. Mm. I will say I've been happy with Xbox's approach so far. I know there's a lot of concerns of monopolies and them just yeah. gobbling up as many studios as possible. And I, I want to believe that that's not their approach. Same with PlayStation. PlayStation's been doing a good job of finding key teams. Insomniac, incredible studio, best bang for your buck acquisition of all time that team is killing it and that team is going to continue to put out amazing work and all of that work will be playstation exclusives yeah. so consolidation is a concern people should be concerned um if xbox is being honest and if playstation are being honest it shouldn't be a bad thing if mm -hmm. xbox game pass continues to be this force in the industry that opens up flexibility for creativity because it eliminates the need for you know traditional sales to drive weird projects then cool i think that's awesome we lost a lot of weird games playstation sure. one era is my favorite era of playstation because it was weird weird as hell they were doing anything and everything and a, a lot of it hit in cool ways and then as we've progressed both xbox and playstation have veered away from the weird and are relying on established things that they know work so yeah. if consolidation means more weird obscure projects with big budgets then awesome if it means you know uncharted 16 then i don't <laughs> and here's a, here's another question to add on that because it's a, that's a perfect answer like it does make me nervous because just how my brain works of never trusting a corporation i'm just seeing big company by other big companies equals less choice for me right like i take a look at like the banking system here in the u.s and see that like only if if we're being generous like five banks run the whole show when we take a look at media uh of, of television we see like four or five actual major networks uh actually mm -hmm. decide what's on on air so like that stuff does concern me but we're at this point in games where yeah we're seeing all these little publishers like the embracer group with thq uh we're seeing focus home interactive come in we're seeing these other players maybe take the place of let's just say a bethesda right uh i gotta i have a, another question for you miles and then i promise kyle i'll go right to you trust me this segue is gonna be brilliant <laughs> What's what's the thing that excites you about the Microsoft route of acquisition? And what is the thing that excites you about the PlayStation side of, of their route of, of or their plan, their game plan when it comes to acquisitions? 
from what we've seen with Xbox and what they have told us um, in terms of the, the promises they've made for their big grand future in video games and, and the, you know, the pipe dream uh, is that with Xbox Game Pass and all of the teams that they bring into Xbox Game Studios, their promise is that those teams will be enabled to make the best games that they've ever made and they will be able to experiment in ways they haven't experimented before. We've seen a taste of that with Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2 came out and Tim is like, this game is bigger and more ambitious than we ever could have made it. And then we, we see that hit and it is in the game of the year conversations. Obviously not an Xbox exclusive, but that shows the commitment to Xbox Game Studios to ensure that these teams can make great games. And for me, that's exciting. I, I have a PlayStation, I have a Switch, I have an Xbox. I will play amazing games wherever they are. Um, and if Xbox can deliver more amazing games because of this, then let's go. Yeah. Same same thing with PlayStation side. Again, we have Insomniac now building up this incredible relationship with Marvel. And we have not only Spider-Man 2 with Venom, which come on, oh but God. we have Wolverine as well. Mm -hmm. And and then we see PlayStation investing more in services, in long-term plans with Nixes and PC porting. Um, I think that's long-term the right move for PlayStation. That excites me because PlayStation for a while has always wanted you to buy the box, which is cool. For a business, it makes sense that you are invested in that ecosystem. But when you expand it, you have way more people talking about it. You have way more people playing it at launch. So yeah. for me, Sony's approach to understanding how they can evolve as a business through acquisitions, that's incredibly exciting for me. Yeah. Kyle, what say you? What is the thing that excites you? about seeing the acquisitions on both the Xbox and the PlayStation side. I, I mean, I, I think what Miles was getting at is, is not what he was trying to, what he did get at mm -hmm. uh, is exactly how I feel like it's exciting in ways where it's giving me a reason to be happy that I own my box. Yeah. I own my PlayStation where there are things that I will only be able to experience on this thing and get platinums for this thing. So like <laughs> it's, I'm, I do understand the hesitation and why people are wary of it. Um, I just really hope that not every video game developer and, and studio is bought underneath the sun. Right. I do like that there are some indie game developers here who are absolutely killing it. And I would love them to keep their freedom in quotes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying that once you've bought your freedom is gone and whatever, <laughs> but just like allow them to make the game that they want to make and not have all these other voices. Uh, like we, we, we think about what happened with cyberpunk, right. And the, the people in the, in the boardroom, the CEOs and whatever really are the ones that kind of push and rush that out right. from what it sounds like. So like, I, I don't want that to happen to all these smaller studios. Mm -hmm. um, and so to, be able to have these smaller developers and studios have their own autonomy, I believe is the right word. Yeah. And be able to, to, to work on their own pace and do what their own thing is good. And I think is very healthy for the video game community as a whole. Yeah. I like what you said there. Uh, when it comes to CD project red, like that game mm, was it because the developers aren't skilled that that game wasn't eh, the best it could be as an independent studio with only them to kind of, you know, hold themselves back or push themselves forward. It is, at the end of the day, the suits that are really kind of giving the marching orders that are kind of uh, at fault there, right? And it's kind of, it is kind of that sink or swim. For me, I take a look at like the Xbox side of the acquisitions and it's, the Bethesda is not exciting to me. Like it does almost nothing. 
to me, it's looking at a ninja theory. It's looking at an obsidian. These studios that have had moments in the AAA spotlight, but are always seemingly double A, but always constantly punching above their weight. And when given those opportunities to shine, they shine. And so to see those uh, studios kind of get purchased up and get that big backing, to see Senua as crazed as she looked in that trailer, she looked in incredible that's what i'm excited to see on the xbox side and when i go to the playstation side it's it's kind of what you said miles it's it is helping the infrastructure of those studios not just speak to one another but also create outside the box when we see the nexus purchase we're seeing you know uncharted on ps5 and pc we're seeing horizon on pc those are awesome lateral moves that playstation desperately needs to have and when i see them by studios that we aren't aware of like a fire sprite it gets me very curious of like well why what what is it what is the thing that they are that they saw they were like they're like we need this before everybody else this is this is probably a year or two or years in the making we love this so much we're buying it that's what kind of gets me excited when I see the, you know, <laughs> Miles will maybe touch on it for just a second, but like those, there's going to be a purchase bigger than Bethesda. It's like that doesn't excite me because to be honest, that scares the crap out of me. Kind of for for <laughs> for me, like I I thought about it in the in the terms of like PlayStation to Square Enix because there was those dumb rumors a few months back, mm-hmm. and I'm just like that. I don't want that. A, you close out millions of people that play on, you know, on Xbox. I really don't want that one bit. But also the culture then has to change at that company. That company now speaks and runs differently. And as much as like people say, no, 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 things won't change. Eventually they they will, at least in my head. And as a PlayStation fan, I take a look at, okay, PlayStation Studios or PlayStation Productions what do they mean for me, me, a PlayStation gamer? It means some of the best AAA experiences I've ever played. And for me, I like the the precision purchases because that means that that culture at PlayStation is going to seep into that company a bit faster. And hopefully their communication is going to be a bit more clear as where a, you know, a Square Enix, it's like that culture in those games are very different and it's going to take time for those games to kind of hit the way that I feel as a PlayStation fan, they should hit, you know, I think one of the best purchases for Xbox is Bethesda. Cause I think a lot of those games, they just feel at home to the Xbox ecosystem and the, the, the partnerships they've made in the past really help kind of bridge that. Oh, I don't know about this feeling. Um, but that's kind of how I feel. I like the the differences. Microsoft needed a big purchase because they had a huge gap to fill with their first party and PlayStation. Well, they have to have narrow focus purchases because they don't want their their production or their culture to be impacted. So I think both strategies are awesome and interesting. Got I also appreciate how PlayStation's going about it, where they are just straight up buying studios but mm-hmm. going to like a new studio's haven right yeah. run by jade raymond say hey 
can we have an exclusive game from you guys? Or um, what was what's the team that's making that multiplayer game that has Call Firewalk. of Duty and Destiny? Oh, is it Firewalk? Uh, Deviation. Deviation, yeah. Like going to these different studios and whatnot and, and having exclusive rights to those games because mm-hmm. that is what's happened with Housemark. Yeah, and Insomniac in the past, and that's what I love. What PlayStation is doing is they are building that history. So then, years down the road, where they are potentially bought up by PlayStation, that's a cool feeling as a fan because we we got that whole history of them starting out yeah. making exclusives, and then when they got bought, they're like, "Hell yeah, guys! Thank you for all you do for us. I'm excited for the future more in PlayStation kind of thing." Like yeah. that gets me excited. I like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's an interesting approach because as much as people you know want to talk about the the big acquisitions and as fun as it is to speculate on all the wild possibilities, a lot of that for a lot of people comes from this devotion to their fandom. Mm-hmm. The PlayStation fi- guys want it because that means Xbox guys don't get it, and the Xbox guys want it because that means the PlayStation guys don't get it. But realistically. These companies are showing you and demonstrating and telling you how they're going about these acquisitions. Bethesda, in my eyes, is probably the greatest and most perfect acquisition fit that we'll ever see. Yeah. If you watch that roundtable, yeah. those dudes are so genuinely stoked. Like mm-hmm. Pete Hines, Todd Howard, Phil Spencer, all on stage as friends. You can tell they've had a long relationship. They know each other. It just feels so organic, so natural. When you think about like a Square acquisition or a Ubisoft acquisition or whoever WB. else, like yeah, WB, you can't picture that. You just you can't picture this roundtable over sitting sitting around and celebrating this and being excited because realistically a lot of these places don't have it so i think like you touched on with playstation finding teams to do exclusive projects i think that's a great approach avalanche with contraband is a good example on the xbox side yeah um death stranding with with you know kojima productions on the playstation side that is a good way to build a relationship and then maybe turn that relationship if both parties are excited about it into something further. But I think we'll see way more of that than we're going to see just flat out acquisitions. Yes. Yeah. And that is the thing that actually really excites me too. When we talk about what awesome that you brought it up, like contraband is, is something of like what I want to see from Microsoft, which is you don't have to go out there and buy a thing. You could go out there, build that relationship and work with that team. You don't necessarily need to put a ring on it. And when it comes to the PlayStation side, if you work with a company for decades, years, let's, you know, say Housemark for example, uh, which is the best one. It's like, hey, we've been dating for a while. <laughs> we've been seeing each other. Eh, maybe we may we take this relationship to the next level. <laughs> and you build that trust, you build that line of communication, and both companies totally understand what they're getting. Um, and I, I dig that. Now, Kyle, for you, because you're part of this old media. All right. <laughs> you love Physical a good media TV. forever. Yeah. You love a good movie. A cassette, yeah. even. Uh, uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. A Walkman. When you hear PlayStation Pictures chairman and CEO, Tony, last name I can't pronounce, <laughs> say TV's peaked, what's he I, talking about? I have no idea, Joe, to be totally honest with you. I think... What's he saying? In my eyes, when I think of television, yeah. I don't think of the cable box anymore. I yeah. think of these streaming services with their TV shows. That's what I think of television now. Yeah. And to say that it's peaked, 
is interesting weird choice of words uh i think it's peaked as like we have too many services i think we're at that moment where we are i saw a tweet randomly i think this morning where somebody was like oh yeah i i ditched cable and paying 75 dollars a month because it was too much and now i'm paying 85 dollars a month for every streaming service so it totally makes sense yes i'm going box cable free it's just like it's we're replacing <laughs> the old stuff with the new stuff and in some ways it's becoming too much but here's the thing old stuff didn't have ted lasso old stuff I didn't mean, have a handmaid's tale fair i mean fair. hard to argue with that right gotta say. I, I and, and Miles, maybe I'll, I'll I'll get something out of you here too. I think he does have a point somewhere, where in terms of like the way video games tell stories, we have not seen it all. Like we no. just saw, you know, on a grand scale, a game with a single cut. And when it comes to movies, there's a dime a dozen of those, well executed, hard to execute, but executed. So maybe do you think there is some line of logic that Tony? Let me see. Let me see. Wait. Vince Kira is saying. Oh, I think uh, I think Papa Tony's looking at it financially. <laughs> I think when he says they've peaked, I think he's saying what we can get out of what we put into a movie or TV show is this limit. I'm seeing all this money laying on the table for video the video game industry, and I want more of that. We haven't peaked in video games because I think there's this kind of psychological connection when you. When you play a video game, you are mm. playing it, you are interacting with it and, and engaging on a deeper level than watching a film or a movie. And so you have a deeper connection. And because of that deeper connection, you're willing to spend more money. Yeah. And because you're spending more money, that makes people like Tony want to invest more into the gaming sector of Sony Inter <laughs> Interactive Entertainment. Yeah, I'm just now picturing a guy like just in like what you would see a pizzeria like <laughs> figure white. <laughs> White, you know, cooking cloak, big hat, running PlayStation or Sony pictures. <laughs> I think you're right there too. I think financially, yeah, they're like we can we can milk this cow way way longer than we can milk this TV and and production side. And that is something where they where they say who's better positioned than Sony for that business in terms of purchasing. I'm like. Have you met Microsoft? But <laughs> <laughs> at the same exact time, I think for someone speaking to probably shareholders, he's probably talking like if, if there's an opportunity to make this a reality, it is us. We are in such a great position to make a Hulu equivalent of, of a video game service. So I, I could just imagine... Uh what was his name tony? tony tony in that shareholders meeting with the very uh stereotypical graph on a whiteboard with synergy with uh -huh. like video games on one side and tv on the other side and there's a cross section and he goes <laughs> this is where we'll be this is us. right here in the middle we gotta make it together you know yeah and i think again we keep talking about that synergy but seeing playstation pictures and seeing how PlayStation productions are working with each other. Apparently, Neil Druckmann's directing some parts of that Last of Us TV show. Like, there's something there that, that they're working with, or at least trying to practice. So, to me, I'm just thinking about a very Italian guy in a boardroom going, Hey! <laughs> <laughs> we got this pie shot over here! Look at it, it's beautiful! All right, Kyle, listen. <laughs> Enough of me 
<laughs> doing a very too good New York accent. <laughs> like I live there or something. Let's talk about something that's equally upsetting. Uh, Liam Croft over at Push Square writes, Heavy Rain Detroit team reportedly making a Star Wars game. Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human developer Quantic Dream is currently making a Star Wars game if new reports are to be believed. First made public by French YouTuber Gatos, and then backed by up by known insider Tom Henderson at DualShockers. It's claimed the project from a galaxy far, far away has been in development for 18 months. The news comes after the studio completed its deal with Sony, which led to the production of three titles. Those were the two previously mentioned games, as well as the PlayStation 3 title Beyond Two Souls. Very little appears to be known about Quantic Dream's Star Wars project beyond how long it's been in development. But Henderson warns we may not hear about the project officially for some for quite some time. Quote, it's still currently unclear on what exactly the 18-month time span entails, with rumors within the French developer community suggesting that the title could have just started full development in the past several months, he says. Funnily enough, the developer actually liked to tweet about this very rumor before removing it. It remains to be seen whether the project will see the light of day anytime soon, but given Tom Henderson's fairly solid track record of late, we can put at least some confidence in the game being a real thing. Hey, oh, I'm walking here. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I missed out on that five seconds ago. I needed to come back with it. Uh, all right, look. Ray, friend of the show, audience, patron, he's ecstatic. He loves Quantum Dream. Loves him, loves him, loves him. Quantic. Quantic, sorry. What did I say? Quantum? Quantum. Of course I would. Uh, so much so that I think he did a holiday costume or a Halloween costume of Detroit Become Human. Like, he loves it. I know Jedi Master Ren. The name fits the title. Loves a good Star Wars. This, for our community, seems right up their alley. For me, this is worrisome. I, I... I, I don't like this. This this worries me. At its core idea, yeah. I think it's a really good idea to have a choice-driven narrative Star Wars game where you get to pick your choices and act like you're that character and not really have to worry about combat so much. You're just experiencing a story. However, what we've <laughs> learned about Quantic Dream, yeah. it's troublesome. Yeah. And I don't want it to be so heavy-handed. <sighs> Yes. Of like they're really hitting you over the head with themes every five minutes. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think that was my big issue with uh, Detroit, and I, I had a fun time with Heavy Rain back Jason. when I first played it. I haven't Jason. played it since Jason. then. Jason, and we don't we don't talk about Beyond Two Souls. We don't. Jason. I, <laughs> yeah, it's just I I don't know. I don't know. Miles, I've always considered David Cage a writer with a very big crayon, and he thinks he's writing. I, I think he thinks he's like the next, I don't know, Beethoven. Who's a writer? <laughs> he's the next <laughs> Stephen King. He's the, yes, he's um he's got quite the ego, that's yeah. for sure. Um, and as a lot of you have touched on, um, he's not very subtle. He- heavy rain, I did enjoy. Okay. Um but mostly because it was so meme worthy. Like you were just screaming Jason. There were so many scenes that were just 
like Kyle said, just smacking you in the face. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I get it. I really do get it. Like, I, I don't know if you think you're subtle. I don't know if you think you're clever, but I do get it. I, I understand it. And I wish there was less of it so I could just finish this story. Because yeah. I think fundamentally they've made good stories mm-hmm. with, with good starts, good middles and good endings. But then a lot of the stuff that you have to do in between is either tedious or just downright annoying. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan. No. I am not the biggest fan. Hearing this does not make me super excited. Mm-hmm. But like Kyle said, I think fundamentally on paper, when you look at their history and you you look at the world of Star Wars and how deep that is, you could do something cool. This yeah. could be a really cool Star Wars game for a specific audience. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I just think back to with Detroit Become Human. Like, he... He had the androids right on the back of the bus. And there was one scene where they it was pretty much like the I have a dream speech. And I'm just sitting there watching this happen. And I'm like, I wonder how David must be feeling. Like, I think he's thinking he's on fire. Like, he's <laughs> like he's in the right. He's like, yes, this is it. This is great. Oh, this hey, is honey, fine. honey. <laughs> you know, I have a dream. That speech change, change the course of America. Topping it. Yeah. <laughs> Check it out. Red crayon this time. So yeah, you know what I mean? And listen, as much as I like to give uh Quantic Dreams a good a good hazing and a little bit deserved because their track record as treating their employees not the greatest. I know they just won a lawsuit, but then they also just lost one at the same exact time. So that studio is problematic and rightfully so it seems. Um that said, if there is one company that could make a narrative-driven, you know, yeah, Heavy Rain-esque Star Wars game. Telltale. It isn't, it isn't Telltale. Get that oh, off. Damn. It that was the right choice. <laughs> it is. It's probably Don't Nod, but the oh, yeah. second yeah. would be Quantic Dream. Because as much as David does write with a crayon, listen, this... Star Wars isn't Star Wars isn't, you know, this brilliant piece of, of writing. It's a brilliant piece of fiction because the universe is so vast and, and awesome. But when it comes to what is Star Wars, it is a small story in a big universe that is about family at the end of the day. Um it's about good versus evil. And when I say it's about family, I immediately thought Fast and Furious, but it really is Star same. Wars at the same exact time. <laughs> Thinking of Dom, no, not with a lightsaber. Damn it, it's in my head now. <laughs> Nonetheless, like it is that you know uh, contained story about yeah. D- do you let the past of your family define who you are? Good versus evil. Um, you know that's what Star Wars is. If there's anybody that can write so bluntly and achieve what a a star wars should feel i think they do have what it takes the thing that does concern me is the fact that there's more action or not really concerned i'm more curious about is how they would actually tackle that part because when it comes to their gameplay mechanics it's mostly you know qtes so if we're playing as a sith or as a smuggler or you know you name it a cartel member that would be dope you know, a spice runner, it, 
it to me has me where how are you going to take this story if you have a KOTOR remake with we're assuming is going to be somewhat uh, turn-based with then Jedi Fallen Order being this action-adventure game. Where's your game going to fall? It just has me a little curious. I don't know. Kyle? What, what kind of Star Wars story do you want, Joe? Like, uh, like, like you said, we have KOTOR, right? Hmm. We, ha- we have uh, Fallen Order. Right. What what area of the Star Wars lore that hasn't really been touched on do you think would be cool for a Quantic Dream narrative-based game? Um, Great question, because there's been so much, but at the same exact time, it's kind of like sparse. Like, for me, I loved Solo. Solo is a good movie through and through. And it had an opportunity with a sequel to have a Vader versus Maul fight. And all I want in this world is to see that happen. Because I think that would be just the coolest. <laughs> so for me, I want to see something about the cartels. Um, that is that is often something that is teased in Star Wars, but never delved into. You see it a little bit with the cartoons. They dance around it. Um like we just saw the Pike's homeworld in uh, the Bad Batch. Like I want to see, I want to see the drug running in Star Wars because that is a part of the the mythos that is totally untapped for them. Miles, are you a big Star Wars guy? I like Star. Oh, I get a lot of flack for this. I like Star Wars. I don't love Star Wars. That's I've right. seen. I'm ev- I've seen every Star Wars movie okay. except for the spinoff. Every mainline, sorry, every mm-hmm. mainline Star Wars you movie. See a Rogue One. Uh, I haven't seen Rogue One. I haven't Ooh. seen Solo. Um, See a Rogue One. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, put, I'll add that to the list. I need to add that to the list. It's incredible. So when it comes to Star Wars video games, yes. I I do not want to be a, a Jedi. If if they're doing this, I don't want to be a Jedi. Non-force please. Jesus, please. Yeah. Yes. Let, let's mix it up. There's so many. We can be a Jedi in like 500 games at this mm-hmm. point. If they're going to do it and it's going to be narrative driven – they need to, like you said, explore some avenues we haven't seen before. Give me some, give me some human characters in this in this fantasy universe. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't really know. I'm right with you. I I was thinking this whole time. I want a game purely just about the dark side. I don't want to even see a Jedi. I don't want to see any good guys. Just give me some dark side stuff where they're just being undermining each other and mm. the hierarchy of the is it the empire did i get that right joe yes <laughs> yeah i want to see like okay. an empire <laughs> sorry jedi messer i'm so sorry what is that like a hufflepuff yeah a you jigglypuff? Know. <laughs> yeah i get it i'll right back at you with the harry potter light swords is that what they use <laughs> god damn it get <laughs> get out <laughs> and take the crickets with you <laughs> you know what i want kyle now that you mention it great question uh, Shadows of the Empire is one of my favorite Star Wars games, and a character that we have not seen who is equally badass. Just picture, um, oh God, who's the guy that did Gran, Tur- Gran Torino? Oh, uh, Cold Eastwood. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Picture him, but as like a Han Solo esque character, 
and that's what Dash Rendar is. That's the main character of Shadows of the Empire. And he was awesome. And he that game ended so like cliffhanger-esque. Like, is he alive? Is he dead? Who knows? Find out on the next episode. I want to see the next episode. Give me Dash. Give me his ship. His ship was freaking awesome. Give it to me, please. I don't ask for much. Kyle? Really? You don't ask for much on this show? Not much. Bloodborne no. 2. Elton Ring. It'll happen. It'll happen. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Knock it off. Knock it off with this. I give I give this kid an inch, Miles. He takes, <laughs> takes literally a mile. Kyle, let's talk about... Let's talk about Activision Blizzard one last time, hopefully. Tom Yvonne over at VGC writes, Blizzard's chief legal officer has resigned amid lawsuits. Blizzard's chief legal officer and senior vice president, Claire Hart, has resigned from the company. Hart spent over three years at the World of Warcraft Maker, which is at the center of ongoing lawsuits being faced by its parent company, Activision Blizzard, related to toxic workplace culture. She directed the global legal and public policy team for the studio while also working for Activision Blizzard, according to her LinkedIn profile. Quote, the past three years have been full of unexpected twists and turns, but I feel honored to have worked with and met so many great people at Blizzard and across the Activision Blizzard businesses. End quote, she said. In July, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, the DFEH, filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard, accusing it of failing to properly address the reports of sexual harassment and discrimination. It also emerged on Monday that Monday that Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick has been subpoenaed by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as part of the government agency's own investigation into the company. So now it gets federal. Now the federal government is doing its own investigation on top of the California lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. This is this is huge stuff. They're collecting all the infinity stones of lawsuits. Exactly. They're, they're getting pretty close. All they got is the, the time thing. gem. So they <laughs> could get Bobby Kodak to resign. Here's the thing. Um, a lot of people are like, whoa, what does this mean? The head honcho up and leaves? This this is bad news. Um, that person's saving their reputation because the last thing you want to do or be is a woman in charge of trying to prove that sexual harassment against women never happened. Um, so she's saving her own skin here. Rightfully so. Run as far away as you can from this. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Miles. When it comes to what we've seen from Activision as of late, um, all the internal discussion, arguments, fighting... That's happened not in just Blizzard offices, but Activision offices. Seeing the, oh my God, we could call it a rollout if we want, of the Call of Duty Vanguard uh, multiplayer just being absolutely dreadful. Like, I, I joked about it on Cast Co-op with uh, Ains and Luke of, man, they, they have a control crossover because <laughs> the enemies of control seemingly are in that game. That's how broken it looks. Um, the graphical glitch is insane. When it even comes to the game that they're launching this week, I believe, or next week, Diablo 2 Resurrected. B- Blizzard has literally said, hey, when it comes to making, you know, buying buying this game, it's it's your choice. <laughs> what? We're seeing something here, Miles. Yeah. It seems like we're, it seems like, you know, when, I don't know if you have, I've seen a car crash right in front of me. And you're seeing the car merge. You're seeing the two cars right about to collide. And you're like, this can't be good. Yeah. This can't be good. 
What do you think? How? We all know that everything that's happening over there is awful. How does this end, Miles? So what I want to know is, you know, the the chief legal officer leaving. I have to imagine that she saw something that was like, you know what? I'm out. Like her email was very polite. It was very PC, very professional. Thank you for the years. It's been good. Unexpected twists and turns is a very funny, very carefully worded message. It says, you know, there's some nonsense I don't want to deal with anymore. Um, But like you said, like no one wants to defend this company right now. This company is a company that has proven that their financial gains are more important than anything else. Even literally people's lives who work for this company, they Mm -hmm. are willing to quote unquote sacrifice hide bury you know really disgusting horrific stories in favor of profits and i think you know we are starting to see more of that and you know there are people outside of our our twitter bubble and stuff who just don't care and that 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 sucks to hear um i've been very vocal about this because i am very upset that any company thinks that they can get away with any of this without repercussions. And there was this kind of brief period when all this came out, there was the walkout and then things kind of got brushed away. And there was this, like for me, this worry, this fear that that was it. There would be no repercussions. Bobby Kotick would just keep on doing what he's been doing. So seeing him get subpoenaed for me, for me, it it brought a little, a little piece of joy to my heart because it shows that somebody somewhere is taking this seriously. People are listening. People are investigating this. And hopefully people are served justice and hopefully people have to face accountability because I cannot stand the corporate shields that we allow in in gaming in in the United States in general. We have all these people who can hide and get away with anything because they are part of a corporation and the corporation has this massive team that is making sure that no matter what happens, that nobody faces any real consequences. Or like we saw early on, they were just quick to fire a few people to say, hey, we're making moves, we're listening here. You don't fire one person and change the entire company's culture. That's not how it works. Yeah, 110% right. (laughs) A lot of it's just symbolic changes. And Kyle, um, I feel like with with her email, it was literally like she could have threw in a, a... a Green Day lyric <laughs> be like another turning point across <laughs> <laughs> like, like she was she was one good written lyric until September ends <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, are we about to see Kyle for the first time what seems like forever um, a white rich dude actually face consequences for his actions in terms of Bobby Kodak do we see him actually pay the piper here man God, I hope so. I I so hope so because of just the surmounting piles and mountains of evidence and just all these different investigations all leading to the same conclusion. Yeah. That something was really bad about what was going on at Activision Blizzard and people need to pay for it. And I really hope that he and the people who were in charge of that and either swept under the rug didn't do anything about it, saw it, didn't report anything. Just like all those people get weighted out so that the good people come in and make Activision Blizzard 
you know, a, a place where is fun to work and Great products again, that I, I that's why I stopped myself. I didn't want to say <laughs> I almost it. Got him. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. That's why it stopped. I got you. I just I just want to be able to enjoy their products and, yeah. and feel that the money that I'm spending out of my bank account, which is very low right now, is going to a place with good people. Yes. And I think when we see people like Mike Yabara in leadership position, that gives me mm-hmm. quite Absolutely. a bit of hope. I'm just the even just like as the snobby shareholder, it's like, what are we doing here, guys? This is a guy that's our captain leading the ship. Like, I really do think, sadly, the state of Call of Duty is probably the thing that's going to get him in the most hot water when that thing comes out. And it's a, you know, it's a hot turd. I think that's the thing that's going to maybe push investors over the edge. It's not even, you know, we treated our employees like crap. It's Call of Duty didn't do this well. Why? <sighs> Upsetting. We saw that recently with uh, the whole Battlefield situation. Yes. When, our, when our boy Jeff Grubb tanked the stock market. Um, Single-handedly. You know, basically that. saying that a game was getting uh, delayed, ended up being Battlefield. People were rumoring that it was Battlefield. Battlefield delayed into 2022. Stock prices just plummeted straight down mm-hmm. in a way I've never seen before. And then... As soon as it, as soon as they announced that it was coming out before Black Friday, still it shot straight back up, like yep. the exact amount. So it wasn't that it was getting delayed; they're worried that it wasn't going to hit the holiday window. Yeah, and that is the most important thing to these people. It irks me to no end. You yeah. know what? Also, uh, well, actually, what doesn't irk me to to no end, Kyle? What? God of War. Same. Tom Yvonne over VGC writes, God of War is ending its North story because we didn't want to spend 15 years on a trilogy. Unveiling the sequel last week, the studio confirmed that Ragnarok will complete the North story, which began with 2018 series reboot God of War. Speaking to YouTube channel Captain Kuba about the decision to wrap up the North story in two games, Barlog explained Santa Monica Studio didn't want players to have to wait 15 years to experience the trilogy. Quote, I think one of the most important reasons is the first game took five years. The second game, I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'm just going to throw out there that it's going to take close to a similar time to do this right. And then if you think, wow, a third one in that same amount of time, we're talking like a span of close to 15 years of a single story. And I feel like that's just too stretched out, unquote. He added, quote, I feel like we're asking too much to say the actual completion of that story taking that long just feels too long. And given sort of where the team was at and where Eric was at with what he wanted to do, I was like, look, I think we can actually do this in the second story. End quote. Mm. Uh, two things to point here. God of War came out 2018. He's alluding. What did I, I say know. two episodes ago? Mm-hmm. God of War may not be 2022. And again, it's because of the global condition that yeah. we're in, uh, which is probably the reason why it is taking that long. That being said, um, just a quick little thought of, isn't this kind of neat how, like, they're just like, we don't need to do a trilogy. Like, I don't know. To me, I'm like, Star Wars has to be a saga, right? Fast and Furious has to be a saga. The MCU <laughs> needs to be a universe. Like, it's it's really cool to have a, a company straight out go, nah, after this one, we're good. Uh, yeah, I agree, and I think Going back to an earlier conversation, this is kind of, in some ways, different than what television is like, right? Where TV goes, they'll just keep 
pushing it out until the ratings are so low they just can't push out. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So like here, like they understand that. Yeah, fifteen years is a long time to tell a story. Yeah, yeah. And Naughty Dog, I'm looking at you because I have to wait. If you're making a part three of Last of Us, let's not make another six years or whatever. I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm just saying this is the right way to go about it. Just tell your story in a way that makes it comprehensive and leaves us satisfied as the people who are playing through that journey. And I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. We all want we all want the trilogy. I get it. It's just this kind of historic legacy that that happens in video games and started with film. People want the trilogy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, imagine working on God of War, one God of War story for 15 years. Like, I'm sure a lot of those people are like, dog, I'm done. Can we wrap (laughs) it up? I've been doing God of War for 10 years, man. I'm done. They're already using the same animations. (laughs) He's still getting them both the same way. I can't believe. Wow. Next gen. Am I right? Oh, no. That's that's people who don't fundamentally understand game design on any level. Yeah. But um, it's nice that they're being transparent. They're telling you, like, this takes a long time. Yeah. We have the idea of how we want to end it, and we can end it here. So we're going to do that. We're not going to arbitrarily make this a trilogy just for the sake of doing it. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like the little detail about, you know, it's going to roughly take us the same amount of time because there were a lot of people speculating that God of War was 2021 initially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Like, they just shipped God of War, like. It's God of War 2018, and they're going to put out another God of War three years later? Like, probably not. Probably yeah. not. So it's nice that they're kind of setting expectations, too, for when when this game is going to ship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really do like this this uh, this little interview. It's, it's a great little insight of, yeah, when they're expecting this game to actually ship. And it's awesome to see that they're like, no, we don't need to prolong it. Like, I, I like when does could say, hey. We got a story for Master Chief. It's going to last 10 years. And I like when devs say, hey, we got a story for Kratos and it's going to last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. So I, I, I dig it. That said, it's time for some flash news. The first one is three paragraphs too long. So I'm just going to shorten it. Wipeout Rush has been announced. And you go, Wipeout Rush announced a new Wipeout game. Are you kidding me? Sign me the hell up. I am I am sorry to say that this is a management simulator game. You Formal. are yeah, 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 yeah. God abandoned us a long time ago. Wipe out what we know and love as a racing high octane game is going to be something on your mobile phone that you could uh manage. And I wanna get the lead comment here from uh the IGN uh video, which is five hundred people liked this news. Three thousand eight hundred <laughs> People disliked this video for Wipeout Rush. Uh, they said you can re-upload the trailer, but you can't delete the shame. <laughs> <laughs> that is my thoughts. You can make an awesome Wipeout game on mobile. It yeah. makes sense. Just make it about the you know Wipeout in VR. By the way, in P- on PSVR is incredible. Fantastic. Yes, really, really good. You could do it, man. Yeah, why you do this to me? Talk about one of my like favorite, I think, PS1, PS2 games. Wipeout was fantastic. But 
Looks like we're going to have to wait a little longer to get that on PlayStation. Here's a tweet from Steven Totillo over on Twitter. Uh, he says, your PS4 slash PS4 Pro are safe for now. Great news for game preservation. Seems like another sign Sony is responding to player feedback in case of a uh, relative isoteric issue. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, the short version, PS4s will no longer brick when the internal batteries die. Would have made all your PlayStation 4 games unplayable in the future. Really neat. Awesome. The Sony doesn't want a story five years from now going, my PlayStation 4 won't read my games. So they're changing that up for everybody. Neat. Rad. I hope. Yes. Yay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Ag- agree. <laughs> Abby and Ellie Sackboy costumes for Sackboy A Great Adventure are out now. The one thing that I really like about this is they made the Abby Sackboy's arms a little bit bigger. Love nothing it. nothing says uh, fun and cheery as Allie and Ellie costumes <laughs> and Sackboy. That's right. <laughs> fun for uh, the whole family. Fun for the whole family. Uh, a couple other things for Flash News before we move yeah, on. Yeah, please. Um, Fall Guys is getting a Kina or Kena outfit I knew I was as well as a rot one um which is super super cool and um it looks like by the time this episode is out they'll all be gone already but select best buys around the states are getting ps5s and series x's in store finally for you to pick up that's tomorrow as of recording september 23rd so they're probably all gone by now (laughs) but it's it's good to know that they are slowly being made available in a store yeah. Where you don't have to worry about waiting for the Wario tweets and, and getting in queues and <laughs> Wi-Fi dropping out on you or whatnot. Hopefully, this becomes more of a steady stream. Absolutely. How many do you think there's going to be there? Like one or two, though? I think they said like 50 per Best Buy. Oh, wow. Oh, they said? Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's okay. what one of the tweets were. So there, there's a decent amount. But they're very select. Like the closest one to me is hour and 45 minutes away. Okay. Fair enough. So. I got like three Best Buys close to me. I don't even know how they're still open, to be honest with you. <laughs> Here's a little segment we like to call What You've Been Playing. This is the Kena edition. Um, also, I know, Miles, you've been playing Tales of Arise. I want to know a lot about that. Because uh, I'm not a JRPG guy, but I saw the tro- uh, the, the statue uh, from friend of the show, Erica Scherer, and I think I need this game now. That being said, <laughs> I do want to mention that the Kena... Uh, Arkina discussion right here, right now. The code has been given to us by Ember Labs, so take that as you will. And Kyle, you've been playing it. How many hours have you been putting into Kina? I'm roughly three and a half in. Okay. I had a, a situation where the there was a potential game breaking bug. Ooh. Oh. Where I uh, an area opened up. And the things that I had to interact to continue with the story would not let me interact with it. And the entire world was just blank and I would fall through the floor. So I I had to wait a little bit before I tested it. And uh, I I guess the patch wasn't fully downloaded yet. Yeah. Um, And then after that patch has been fine. Good. But I was very worried and very bummed out because I didn't want to do all that all (laughs) over again. Not that it's not good. Yeah. But I just... I I'm just having too much fun. I hate having. I've heard people say that this is the best PS2 game on your PlayStation Five, <laughs> in the best way possible. And to me, that sounds it sounds insulting. I don't like that. I get where people are saying it. Like it, it does feel like for me, 
when we're, when we're talking about Kena, Ember Labs is a developer. This is their first game ever. Uh, they are known literally for the Majora's Mask uh, short movie years back, which you need to go watch because it's magical. And Majora's Mask is about Zelda. I don't care. Anybody can say, oh, Breath of the Wild. Oh, my weapon's breaking. I love it. It's Majora's Mask. That being said, um, this takes that spirit of that short trailer. Like, there's mask play as well in this game. Uh, but it takes the vibes of Majora's Mask. Of What is Majora's Mask about? Spoiler alert for, like, a 20-plus-year-old game. Um, it's about death and the inevitability of it. And you're playing as Kina, who is a spirit guide, and she guides spirits into the next life. And she also banishes or frees spirits that are trapped on this plane. And so that is her journey. She journeys into this forest uh, area biome, and she is here to per to help a village pass on into the next world. Um, this is this is something else. I it's really. Special. Really dig this game. Now, when it comes to like the PS2 elements, and Kyle, please jump on in anytime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to the PS2 like elements, I get where people say it because, in terms of level design, it gives me the feelings of an old time Jack and Daxter game in terms Absolutely. of layout and level design, and even a little bit of Uncharted in certain ways when it comes to the climbing elements. There's a there's a lot of traversal in this game. And they vary it up really nicely. Like, yeah, there'll be mm -hmm. a you know natural jump platforming uh, obstacle. Then you have one where like you're using the bow and arrow, but it's tethered, and you're jumping from plant to plant, so you're kind of flying in midair, which is super cool. Um, and then yeah, the natural like uncharted climbing up walls and such, with some really unique puzzles. Some of them a bit harder than others. Some of them I like more than others, but. There are a ton of ways or, or things to do in each level. Everywhere you turn, every piece of the map is deliberate. I don't know how you thought of the and, level design, Kyle. Yeah, I, I, I think that is where it gets that PS2 moniker the most from. is mm -hmm. because it is very linear, but the, the environments are big enough to have a little bit of freedom and different paths to get to the same place. Yeah. And when it comes to like finding special things in the environment, all you have to do is look for the pink lilies or the, the, the flowers. Lilies aren't pink. The, the pink flowers in the environment that will tell you where there is a secret thing. And so you keep your eye out for that. And that's, that's how you can kind of figure out where to go. Yeah. Um, which I really, really dig. And it's the biggest smile on my face while playing this, because like you said, it made me feel like I was playing Jack and Daxter for the first time on PS2. It has that nostalgic feel of it where it feels like an old school platformer for me, beautiful as ever and incredible music mm -hmm. and, and the combat is fun. Like it is hitting all the right notes that I want from a platformer. Yeah. And when, when I saw this game in motion, I don't think any of the trailers really, I think do a great job of really telling you what you're going to get from this game. And it very much is like a classic platformer that we, I love seeing the Renaissance of with like things like Psychonauts and things like Ratchet and Clank yeah, making absolutely. its way back. I feel like this game fits really well in between those two games where it, 
it gives you the nostalgic feelings of that PS2 platformer, but there's so many modernizations when it comes to like the combat or puzzles, uh, combat especially, where it's like, oh, this feels contemporary. This feels nice. Um, and it doesn't feel... A little feel stiff. A little stiff. A little stiff. The yeah. one thing that I, I do want to nick this game is the camera. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it gets a little stiff, especially in, in some combat situations. Yep. But there's also this one puzzle. It's it's the, literally the only puzzle I don't like, where you have to guide the rot from one area to the other as like this like big surge oh, of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where mm-hmm. you control Kina with the analog stick and then the rot with the other, and it yeah. just makes the camera seem just so stuck. I I didn't really dig that too much. My brain had to like rewire itself to kind of figure out how to yes move throughout the world during that because it is it is a hard thing to grasp at first. Mm-hmm. But I do want to give a huge shout out to the music. Oh my god, yes, it's so good. It, it, it I for, so much I forgot music. where it is <laughs> early on. There is some music that straight up sounds like uh, Infinity War. Mm. Or Endgame where Thanos was like, uh, that line where he's in the trailer where he's like, hey, where did that lead you all back to me? <laughs> there's there's musical notes of that moment of the trailer during a certain section. And I had goosebumps the entire time. So that's all I was thinking about. Dude, it, but I know that's not describing it very well, yeah. but like I grasped onto that. I'm like, man, this is so cool. <laughs> it gave me, and I think I'm... I, I'm not remembering the area right, because there's, there's a forest in this game that's literally named the Something very similar. It's an homage to, I think, Legend of Zelda, if I'm not mistaken. But the Lost Woods in in uh, in Ocarina of Time, like the music gives me that type of vibe, and it's just so cheerful. It's so upbeat. And then when you get to the rot portion, the corruption of the world, the tone shifts so naturally, but it it then gives you this flip of like despair. It goes from calming, relaxing, kind of beautiful music. And then when you're in the corrupt, the moment you step into the corrupted areas, it kind of disappears. Yes. Like in your ears. Where yeah. like all that hope and happiness is gone. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. It gets very emo real quick, Miles. Very emo. <laughs> <laughs> that said, art, art direction, uh, animation. This is Stellar. an animation house. And they're just constantly hitting above their way, man. It's... It's really impressive stuff. The animation for an indie studio and probably given a lot of money by Epic and Sony. It's stellar. Like it, little little nitpick. Wow. Yeah. Going from gameplay into cutscenes. Little jarring. Because oh, really? it's like a hard cut. And and you can it, it goes from phenomenal looking PS5 game uh, to what is clearly a fully polished like Pixar level animated movie. Fair. And and so like that little tiny cut it, it it's and the frames also get slower in the cutscenes. Okay. Cuz I'm playing at 60 frames and I'm noticing that a little bit. So like I, yeah. it's it's a little bit jarring but it's still gorgeous and and I love all the voice acting so far. Mm-hmm. It's it's and can we just talk about the rot for just a quick second? These adorable, adorable little sons of guns. Little things are. <laughs> oh my god, these things. Putting hats on them is just like the best thing in the world. I thought when you discover a rot, it'd be it'd be like, okay, enough of this cutscene. This is boring. Yeah. I hate it. No, they're all nope. welcoming. They're all cute and cuddly. <laughs> they're cheering each other on. Like, hey, we found you. Let's yep. be cute little adorable friends. Oh my god, give one I of them a I need a plush version of that. 
<laughs> Pops out with a Glock. Plushy rot yeah. as soon as possible. I think I think there actually is one. I think they sell. Yeah. Well, excuse me. I'll go look right now. <laughs> no, no, Kyle. <laughs> uh, that being said, though, I, I really dig this game. I'm, I'm liking it a lot. This is this is something really special. Um, one big shout out to the haptics. I actually feel pretty darn good. Uh, I've seen a lot of indie games kind of skirt away from them. I feel like Kina, though I'd like to see some deeper implementation of it, does a pretty damn good job. So shout out to that. This game is 30 bucks digital. There, go out there, get it. The reviews are definitely right. This is a, a great, great experience. And for our first outing, from uh from a studio known for animation great job guys and i i it was a big topic of the show today what's that playstation sony okay don't let ember lab too far away (laughs) don't let them get too far because like i would love them to be another studio under the playstation studios banner to have this kind of nostalgic game feel Yes. Out of them, just another kind of genre, another thing, another platformer underneath another their Another pixel belts. opus. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Please. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Great point there, Kyle. Yeah. Really digging this game. Something special. Hey, Miles. Listen, you, you've you've heard enough of us gush over this uh, PlayStation exclusive. I don't like to brag, Miles. Uh, but you've been playing a little game called Tales of Arise. I mispronounced it last episode. Shame on me. How are you digging it? Because I'm hearing. I'm hearing nothing but glowing things from fans and newcomers. So tell me a bit about it. Yeah, so Tales of Arise. I did the the review over for Windows Central. So I got to play it a little bit early. I mm-hmm. put put in some work, put in a gauntlet. I finished the campaign, took me about 50 hours. I used, to, I used to love JRPGs. Used to be huge into JRPGs. I sort of fell out of love with the genre for a long time. Mm-hmm. And in recent years, I've been kind of dipping my toes back in. And a lot of the reasons I fell out of love is because they all were copying each other and they were all doing the same thing over and over. Same themes, same art style, same turn-based combat. And I just got bored. I quite frankly got bored with that. Tales of Arise, Tales of Vesperia specifically on Xbox 360, masterpiece, incredible game, felt so good. Um, the next like three that they put out were, were fine. They were all the same. Mm. Tales of Arise is an amazing place to jump in for a newcomer or someone who's played it. I will say this is the best Tales game that's ever been made by a lot. The best action, like like traditional action JRPG combat I've played in the last decade. I don't count Dark Souls as an, as an action Fair. JRPG, ju- just, just for clarity. But- FF7 Remake, close to that? Better than that? I like it more. It's flashier. I guess nice. it's 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 flashy in the same way. Everything okay. feels super dramatic, but they blended the anime elements in beautifully. So you have your ridiculous like Dragon Ball Z call outs where your buddy comes in from the background and th- one of them throws a fireball up to the other, other and the other one dunks it down on the enemies. There's like so many like little details like that. So every fight is just a spectacle, just explosions of color and sound and Every fight feels really good. Like mm. most action RPGs kind of devolve into hack and slash. You're just mindless. You're just smashing the buttons, killing stuff. This has like a rock, paper, scissors element to combat. So certain teammates 
are designed to counter certain enemy types. So if an enemy is rushing you, you have an enemy that jumps in, slams their shield on the ground and stuns them. If you have an enemy that's super fast and you can't catch up, you have an enemy that has vines that wraps around their feet. So it's got this kind of dynamic where you you can't really get away with just mindlessly hacking and slashing. Um, so yeah, I um, as a, you know, kind of an anime skeptic, I will say that the story is anime nonsense, top to bottom. <laughs> if you love cliche anime and people falling to their knees and screaming, no, like constantly, <laughs> um, even the main villain is like a ripoff of Sephiroth, like mm. to the T. There's a scene where he's standing in the moonlight with a katana and his cape's blowing in the wind. I'm like, yikes. But um, <laughs> outside of all of that, I gave it like a nine out of 10. Nice. Phenomenal, phenomenal game. Awesome. Yeah, I, can't, I can't wait to pick it up hopefully this holiday because I am kind of like you. I loved our JRPGs and I've kind of fallen off of it, um, which is a bummer because I love that that kind of style of game. Uh, I'm glad that it's hitting well. And like you said, a newcomer, because I've never played a Tales game. So the fact that as a newcomer, I'll be OK hopping into this is fantastic. Yeah. My question, though, to you, Miles, about this game is every JRPG loses me when I do nonsense like side quests. Hmm. Are side quests in this game like worth doing or are they still nonsense and like boring basic stuff? So what I love about this game is, yes, the side quests are boring basic, go do okay. X, Y, and Z, but your party members, like whenever you go to do one, they're like, we don't have time for this, dude. Like, let's keep going. <laughs> so like, they're encouraging you to play the main story. So nice. I love that because okay. I, all, I have kind of gaming ADHD and I'll just obsess on stupid pointless side quests yes. and I'll spend mm -hmm. 50 hours on the game and be like I'm done and then I'll look at how much I've left to finish the game because I've been doing all these dumb side quests and I still have 50 hours I'm like oh I guess I'm not finishing it <laughs> yep I know that feeling yeah that's awesome that's it, it's awesome that they're they're like listen dude fate of the world you can grind for this necklace later all right yeah, exactly mm -hmm. just help move it along yeah help grandma across the street a little faster we got a nuclear <laughs> device about to blow <laughs> i dig it uh the one thing that i did forget to to mention because there were actually a few questions about uh kina my apologies this one comes from tpr they asked hey kyle joe and miles simply put who is kina for uh, it's a little bit of everyone, but I would say if it's for the kids, like you're buying this for your kid, put it at the easiest setting because I do want to yes. note one thing. Almost forgot. Man, the difficulty spikes. We, we I don't know who brought up souls, but it definitely <laughs> the neurons flash. I was like, oh, wait, some of these bosses are way too difficult and their mm -hmm. tells are not that great. So definitely put this on the easy easiest setting if you're playing it uh, with your kids. But and for the trophy hunters out there, I did take a look at the list. You have to beat it on the master difficulty. Oh, really? To get the platinum, oh. which unlocks after beating it once. That's a big yikes for me. <laughs> uh, awesome, Dave writes. I had heard multiple times that Kina was going to be. The banger that you would buy a PlayStation 5 to play. <laughs> Oh, no. man. When do we get to ban Awesome Dave? That's my question for you. Never. Okay. Now that you've played the game, would you consider it an essential game to play on the PS5? Um, Yes. Yeah. I would I would call it an essential PS5 game. If you got an OLED TV? Oh, Just yeah. Just kiss. 
Kevin Ainsworth writes, regarding Kina's embargo, why do you think we saw so much concern over embargo not dropping until the day of release? Saw a lot of Discord that Ember Labs was trying to hide something or indicate a late review equals bad. Usually that's typically like the case. If a game is... If a game... Well, it's a good thing Miles is here. We can ask him because he reviews games often. Like um, I... in your... Does that matter? How I mean... Or when the embargo goes it can be a red flag yeah, like right. it can be a red flag when a developer's like we're not going to get you a code until like day well people like devs not even give us a code until day of and stuff like that is concerning because you know the cynic the cynic in all of us says like they just don't want us to know about it they want us to pre-order it they want us to buy it before yeah. we know how bad it is and i think that's where a lot of the concern came from because as we saw with this all the reviews came out and Pretty much all of them were glowing. Not a lot of negative reviews for this game, but people wanted that that speculation that they were trying to bury the terrible That's review right. scores. A la Twitter spaces. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Dear God, help us. What a... Listen, I'll pay, I'll, I'll pay for the Twitter premium if we can get rid of Twitter spaces. <laughs> all right. God, oh, they're awful. Hey, uh, Miles, Kyle, are you hanging on to something? Yes. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals headed to the PlayStation storefront this week. On the 21st of September, we got Kina, Bridge of Spirits, PS5 and PS4, Soul Frost for the PS4, Street Outlaws 2, Winner Takes All, All right, The Hunter, Call of the Wild 20, uh, 2022 edition. They're getting right to next year. <laughs> They're like 90 days? No, no, no. Right here, right now. The story tale on PlayStation 4. World War Z Aftermath. I'm interested. Really like World War Z, so I want to see what this DLC is all about. On the 23rd of September, um, you could purchase Diablo 2 or, you know, you don't have to. Ember comes to PS4. Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries on the PlayStation 5. And on the 24th of September, Death Stranding Director's Cut on PlayStation 5. Lost Judgment on PlayStation 5 and PS4, the uh, definitive edition. Cool stuff. I'm excited. Uh, I'm actually very excited for Death Stranding. For reasons you'll probably find out next week. It's great. Oh. Uh, Kyle. Secret secrets. Gotta keep them. <laughs> Close to the vest. Hey, you know what time it is now? Time for the Sony Pony Express. That's right, Miles. We like to get a little crazy towards the end of the show. Uh, like always, you can send your questions, your, uh, oh, sorry, your questions over at the Trophy Room on Discord. You can send your questions over at the PS Trophy Room on Twitter, or you can fashion an old-timey email. Those things are still around, and they haunt me now. There's too many of them in my inbox. <laughs> not Not of the Trophy Room, like work stuff. Oof. Knock it off. More trophy room emails, please. Mick Chillin writes in, I have a question, a Deathloop question. At the PlayStation Showcase event, you two seemed disappointed that Deathloop was shown again after being advertised so much at every event. Actually, sorry. I'm going to, because we have a lot of viewers in the UK. After the advertisement at every <laughs> event, after playing the game, do you feel like the game was over advertised or how much advertising would you think would be ideal for a triple a game still yes as much as i love death loop but i think none of those trailers did a good job of 
actually telling you what Deathloop is at its core. And I think that's what hangs over me now after everything's said and done. What's that, you, Kyle? Uh, well, seeing as how I haven't played it yet, because my copy is still not in, hopefully by tomorrow. Okay. Um, I still think it was a little too much, personally. Mm-hmm. But then again, when I went in to go pick it up on release day, I was one of two people who pre-ordered the game. Fair. So I don't know how much people knew about it, honestly, mm-hmm. and it being on a, on a PlayStation Hey, Miles, as someone who's seen Halo God knows how many times and how many different iterations, how many how 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 many times is enough for a triple A game? I compare it to, you know, movie theater trailers. Like the more you go to the movies, the more you get tired of seeing those trailers. You're like, I get it. I've seen this movie. We love the new reveals. So for us in the gaming space who watch every single show, yeah, we've probably seen too much Deathloop. Yeah, we've probably seen a little too much Halo. But I think their question was asking, like, how much is too much? And I think for, you know, PlayStation and people trying to sell you something, in their eyes, I don't think there's enough. They, mm. In their eyes, they probably wanted to show us Deathloop more. Uh, they wanted to show us Deathloop on, you know, our, our, our Wheaties. When we were in Safeway, they wanted to show us Deathloop. But, yeah, um, yeah it, it's tough. I, I agree. I saw Deathloop too much. I was not excited. I've been playing Deathloop, and it's amazing. So it's a, a fantastic game. But, yeah, I, I think we saw it too much. Yeah, absolutely. And also, Melissa Menudo's I'm never going to be interested in newbies. No matter how many times. What's you're new to in entertainment? What's new in entertainment? I don't know, <laughs> Melissa. I'm here at the theater. I just want to see what's new on the screen. <laughs> Hiding Doors writes, when you pull up a trophy list to check the ease of getting the platinum, is there any trophy slash genre of trophies that annoy or discourage you from getting the desired platinum? Personally, I hate the ones that are linked to difficulty. or completing a series of timed challenges like hunting ground in horizon zero dawn yes yes and yes you just saw me with kina not getting that platinum hardest difficulty it's 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 just difficult enough for normal for me i don't need to go back yeah difficulty for sure is one uh if it has online trophies i'm sorry i'm out yeah um If uh, the the time ones are also a bummer, I have to really, really, really love a game mm-hmm. in order to try to go for like beating it in a certain amount of time. Like Resident Evil Village has one, beat it like in under two hours or something. Like you're crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. But it. like for example, you got it. That's hell yeah, yeah. Miles. Uh, but on the other side is I absolutely wanted to be Uncharted 4 in under six hours because I love that game and love that franchise. Mm. So it depends on my love for the game and how much fun it is. But for the most part, like I look at Crash Bandicoot 4 and having to get all those uh, time trial trials done mm-hmm. for, for the Platinum. No, I, I'm done. I'm not. <laughs> uh, my stress is too high. My blood pressure is too high. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, Miles. Is there anything? Are you are you an achievement hunter? I am yeah. sometimes. I I love Dark Souls. I hate Dark Souls achievements. I uh-huh. have almost all the Dark Souls or almost all the achievements for Dark Souls three. Mm-hmm. I hate the get all the sorceries, get all the miracles, get all the rings because you either have to like follow a guide to the T or you have to do multiple playthroughs of the game. And if you mess up one step in Dark Souls and you have to do it all over again, yep. 
Um, so yeah, there are some where I just say, I don't care. I think Resident Evil Village, I have, I'm one achievement away. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just beat the game with only melee weapons. With only a, with only a melee weapon. So that's all I have to do. But I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, <laughs> yeah, because at I that just point, it's what, to. Three, three or four times playing through Village? Yeah, I, I played through Village seven times. Yeah. I played through it seven times. And wow. I could do it one more to get the, the platinum. Just sure. hit it, but I just don't care enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some would say a better game, which is Bloodborne, um, had the best time Wrong. trophy list. <laughs> listen ains got in between us yes when we were trying we were having this bloodborne versus dark souls discourse okay first off happy 10th anniversary to the og that started it all so that miles could have his wrong opinion that's fair (laughs) you know but i will say this i love dark souls 3 and i feel as the bloodborne stand that's how i got into the genre dark souls 3 is my favorite dark souls hands down bar none it's 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 literally neck and neck of like which one's better i really love both of those games but bloodborne it's obvious and I, I, neck I, and neck but obvious but a neck and neck but like you're like you don't need the photo finish you know <laughs> but like miles like you're such a big dark souls fan do you know do you know how many days it's been since the launch of dark souls three it's the it's, how many days it's been yeah. since the launch yeah uh, came out I think March twentieth, twenty fifteen, but I haven't been counting the days. See, no. if you really love something, you should know how many days it's been. Like how it's been two thousand three hundred forty. Sorry, seventy four days. Uh oh. <laughs> two thousand three hundred seventy four days since the launch of Bloodborne. Yeah. Should no. I? I? That sounds Who's like the, information no one should have in their brain. I at all feel time. No, use I, your brain power for something else, Miles. You, See, please, you're, 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 good. you're fine. <laughs> I feel like that's information you need to know: social security, your phone number, your address, and then right after that, how many days it's been? <laughs> how many days till Elden Ring, Joe? Uh, let Ooh. me get the let me get the Google out on this. Oh, you, you don't know Can that you, on top of your head? That's the more important figure that I got in my brain. <laughs> Honestly, you're. You're right. Wait, one sec, one sec, one sec. What's it? It's January 21st, 244 days. That's what Google says, and Google would never lie to me. <laughs> that better not get delayed. Knock on all the wood you have. <laughs> Ugly Bomber writes in as our second to last question. I'm going to put this as a podcast question here now because it's something that's frustrating me about the PS5. <gasps> I pre-ordered Kina a Bridge of Spirits for the first chance I could because it's gorgeous. And uh, after installing it yesterday, I noticed it was installing both the PlayStation 5 and PS4 versions. Seeing that the PlayStation 5 limited store is the PlayStation 5's limited storage, how have they not fixed this issue yet? And I'm grateful that Sony now allows expanded storage, but until that price comes down, I can't justify the cost. Uh, I'm going to tell you why they haven't fixed it yet. Sony is Sony. <laughs> And just like how Nintendo just added Bluetooth support on the Switch, some things you just can't explain. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why either. Like I put in uh and it'll be the show my PS4 disc the other day and so I could play my PS PS5 copy of it. Yeah. And it was automatically downloading the PS4 version. Like, no, stop. Man. No, I don't want it. Stop it. <laughs> man, man, how just... do we not understand smart delivery? You know, dum dums over here. The year before, we're like, what do you mean? This is a key. It couldn't be more simple. 
<laughs> Hang on, this face right here, Miles. This question just for you, Miles. We'll end the show Ooh. with this question. This comes from Clear Wing XYZ. What game or games would you like to see get the Twisted Metal treatment of a show? We've talked about this a little Ooh. a couple of times on, on shows past, but for you, think of an Xbox thing, you know? We're getting a Halo one. We're getting Halo. God which- bless. <laughs> Shout out to Porn Stash from Orange is the New Black, who's going to be Master Chief, apparently. Uh, curious to see how that all plays out. Wow. An mm-hmm. Xbox franchise that I would love to see get a TV series. That is an interesting question, you know? Um, we're, we're getting Cuphead. Yeah. I mean, that's not necessarily an Xbox one, but I'm excited for that. Make so. Fusion Frenzy a real game show, and I will watch it oh, yeah. right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let's go. The new Wipeout? Oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I need to Okay, I need to pick one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, if we're doing it, we're doing a dramatic retelling. Give me, let's do a Hellblade. Let's, let's keep that. Let's feed into that Hellblade energy. Ooh, let's get a yeah. dark, gritty Hellblade HBO special. Let's go. All right. Would, I, would I, Fable lead itself to a TV show? Eh, I mean, the we'll let's see how Lord of the Rings does before That's we fair. You know, let's touch fair. on that. Yeah, yeah. That said, um, for me, before I, this one leaves my mind, oh no, it's already leaving. Oh, a Bowser's inside story, but in the vein of making a murderer, where Mario is clearly the killer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what I go. want. I want I the it. shortcuts of like shady Mario somewhere shame with the gun. Give me that. <laughs> I love it. Give me <sighs> that. Uh Kyle, is there anything else you'd like to see? Yeah. Uh man. Not off the top of my head, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Uh we got an email. Uh and I, I do want to read this out because as we close out the show, this is actually super important. And um, I'm going to give a good shout out to Surgeon Ed, who shot us an email. He said, first of all, I would like to say I love listening to your show. I am a gamer and play games on all systems and enjoy each equally. I'm also a practicing surgeon and listening to the last few weeks of your show made me cringe at times. I'm not sure if you're deliberately saying, which I doubt, but or if it could be an error. But every time you mention something about the global pandemic... You call it the global panorama. Panorama is large, beautiful view, something that this pandemic is not. When you say pandemic to your listeners, you're downplaying COVID and its effect on the world and possibly insulting those who have to had deal or died with COVID effects. As someone who works in a daily health, or sorry, healthcare daily, COVID is not to be taken lightly with, and we've lost so many lives due to this deadly disease, with many individuals have lifetime repercussions after contracting, thankfully recovering from COVID-19. It will have a lasting effect on our world and many years to come. Also witness daily those fighting with the virus. Please refrain from calling it the global panorama and the state that what it is, a global pandemic above all, and else, please get vaccinated, protect yourself, and the ones you love. It truly is our best defense against what's currently, against it currently, and stay safe. Um, thank you for that thoughtful criticism. So the reason why, and I, 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 I always forget because usually we record the show. Who is that again, Joe? I'm sorry, Surgeon Ed. We'll call him Surgeon Ed. Thank you, Surgeon Ed. Uh, so between us, as we close this show, I always forget that like. 
when we're recording the show, I just think it's the same people listening in. You know, I forget that we have thousands of people listening to us each and every week, which hashtag blessed for, and we keep on getting new people in here, which is awesome. And they don't get our inside jokes, which podcasts are littered with them everywhere. So the reason why we call it that is actually one of our community members in a way of de-weaponizing it, you know, because usually when you think of that, you get a little depressed and this is them, their way of coping. And I liked it. Because, yeah, I've dealt with it. I've lost countless people. Shout out to my man Bobby Paulson, Nintendo Guru, who helped uh, make me the creator I am today. Uh, I've dealt with it. I've contracted it. It sucks. I literally thought it was going to die. Not fun. You should believe in science. Don't take horse pills. Ever. Neither orally or rectally, please. I'm not a doctor, but it seems like that's meant for horses. Um, so the reason why we say that is A, to kind of de-weaponize it in our head. And also, uh, Miles, you know this from making YouTube videos. If you're not a news channel, quote unquote, and you say, and I'm just going to say it here, COVID, pandemic, COVID-19, um, Google will red flag that video and take it off the recommended. That's what the latest theory is. So the reason why we call it Panorama is a way to circumvent Google's SEO um, so that we don't get flagged. But because I want to make this point clear for y'all, that's why we usually say it. But I'm going to take your advice, Ed, and from here on out, I'm going to call it the global condition because I feel like that's going to be way more respectful. And I thank you for that because that's how and we thank get Thank you for fighting the, the fight. And mm-hmm. out there and battling it every day, I can't imagine the horrors that you've seen and the stress and weight of everything going on. I appreciate you so much and, and hope you continue staying safe and healthy. And mm-hmm. agreed, everyone get your shot yep. and, and protect the ones around you for the love of God, please. Yeah, please. Wear the mask. Literally, just do it. <laughs> you know? Worst case scenario, what? You sound a little muffled. Best case scenario, you don't breathe in a deadly virus. I feel like that's a win-win. Also, if you wear like the bandana ones, you kind of look like an old fashioned robber. That looks cool. Looks cool. It's like I'm protecting myself yeah. while looking like yeah, I'm gonna rob a stagecoach. Thievery and burglary cool. No, not like that. <laughs> I'm just saying you get on a horse after you give that horse the pill, and then you go just you know, track a stagecoach. You know, that's it. Sure. Maybe I added that part out. But listen, <laughs> listen. thank you for the critical feedback. I always love thoughtful, considerate, critical thoughts like that because it really does help us out. And it kind of bursts a little bubble that I live in from time to time. Yeah, I don't know any better. I'm just a boy with a podcast. But with that said, that's been the Trophy Room this week. Miles, I want to thank you for being such an amazing guest this has been a hectic, crazy week, and I, I, I thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and coming on a PlayStation show of all shit. Oh, yeah. No, no, I really appreciate it. Genuinely. Again, it's exciting for me. As much as I love going on Xbox shows, I mostly just like really enjoy talking about video games overall. Same. So, you know, I appreciate the shows that don't pander to the extreme kind of fanboy noise that we are surrounded by every day because... Yeah. 
on my show, I constantly have on my Xbox show, I constantly have to, you know, get out there and stand up for Nintendo. All the Xbox fans who tell me Nintendo sucks and for, is for babies. I say, yeah. no, you're wrong. Nintendo's great. Xbox is great. And PlayStation is great. Get over it. That's the world we live in. Exactly. All three of them are great. And in what is the global condition that we find ourselves in right now is the best way of escape. Like, yeah, I could sit down and be in a world where I'm, you know, helping spirits, you know, in, in Kino or pretend to be an assassin in Deathloop or an assassin in Hitman or like, you know, an astronaut stuck in an alien planet or a made up creature with space guns like that's what video games are, man. It's the best form of escapism. And yeah, everyone's great. Everybody's doing great things. So I appreciate you for also putting in the good fight as well. Maybe defending Nintendo when they isn't defending. <laughs> you have to party chat with your phone still? Come on. I mean, there are things to criticize about Nintendo. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I have yes. a list. Yes. Nintendo has the longest list of any of them, but they still put out... The bangers, bro. And uh, you PlayStation fans of all people should appreciate the bang. I love it, Miles. Yes. <laughs> this is the last time we have Miles on the show. That's tragic. That's tragic. I had a, I had a good run. I had a good run. <laughs> Where can people find you, Miles? Mostly you can hit me up on Twitter at Miles Dompierre, or you can find the stuff that I make over on WindowsCentral.com or our YouTube channel, which is Windows Central Gaming. Um, yeah, but I'm on Twitter more than I should be if you Same. if you really want to, you know, get a hold of me. Hey, Miles, I'm going to need your help because I'm going to buy a gaming laptop. <laughs> and I think oh. you might be the man to help me with that. We might have some 10 best gaming laptops of 2021 <laughs> lists that can send you away. Woo, woo. There you go. There you go. Kyle, where can people find you good, sir? You can find me at Mr. K Step on Twitter and PSN and Xbox, all those fun things. Uh, you can follow all the indie game coverage that I do over at 61indie.com. That's S I X O N E I N D I E, as well as YouTube, Twitch, all the things 61indie. Wowzer. Pregnant pause on purpose. You can find me over at Mr. Babbitt. You can find this show over at PS Trophy Room. On Twitter, you can rate this show five stars over on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Spotify or on Google Podcasts. They also have those there. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, or if it's a choice, you can find us there or the video version over at the Trophy Room Show. And uh, yeah, next week, hopefully, knock on wood, maybe you'll even see more of me. Who knows? Sky's the limit. So with all that said, I'm horrible at keeping secrets. It's been eating sure at me are. for weeks. <laughs> Everybody, keep your words about you. Keep hunting. Keep playing PlayStation. See you guys. Love you. Bye-bye.